0: You all right?
1: Yep, there's a fruit fly that just flew on my screen. That's a big ass fly.
0: Are you sure it's a fruit fly or just like a regular fly?
1: It's probably just a regular fly. <laughs> it's just like it just flew right in. Uh, I was scared for a second there. Panic. Everybody panic. <laughs> it's flying.
0: Hello. Welcome to Kiara Gets Drunk and Talks About Music. Today we are talking about Inside the Songs by Bo Burnham, released in 2021. And my guest is Ethan.
1: I thought you were doing outside. (laughs) Classic comedy.
0: Classic comedy. (laughs) Classic mix-up. Ethan, how are you?
1: Oh, I'm doing good. I'm doing just fine. Um, It's weird actually being on Zoom because I haven't been on Zoom in a long time. Or not, not even a long time. It's felt like a long while. But just like seeing you on zoom it's kind of throwing me off but it's, it's
0: very strange and we've yeah. taken a bit of a break from the podcast even so like i'm even feeling strange like doing the intro it's just you know it's just the no, way how know, it's gonna yeah. be but you know what i think that that's a good thing because i think that means we're enjoying our uh, shot girl summer as the the kids have been saying we're both double vaccinated
1: I, uh, almost. I've oh, you're not been,
0: double vaxxed yet?
1: I'm almost double vaxxed. I gotta get my second on the 25th. So I'm almost there.
0: Oh, you're like so close then. Yeah. Probably yeah. by the time the podcast is out, you'll be double vaxxed. Oh yeah. We could just oh, edit yeah. that out in post production then. <laughs> no, I'm so excited uh, to have you here. Obviously I'd love to be with you in person. Didn't work out with scheduling today, but that's okay. We're flexible. Okay. We can make this work. Um, and it's an exciting one too, Ethan. This is the first uh, comedy album that we've done on the podcast.
1: Mm-hmm. Hey, we just we keep breaking all the rules. we did Shrek first and then now we're doing uh inside like man, we're just we're revolution revolutionizing the game.
0: Oh yeah, hundo P and I knew you I knew you would be down. you and I are both really big fans of um of Bo Burnham and it's such a great album too like i I would say to the listeners even before you listen to to this episode you can st- you can stop the podcast as Carrie mm-hmm. would say and uh, and go go listen to the album go watch the special on Netflix. yeah, watch the like, special. Holy cannoli that that's a that's a tough it's a tough watch but it's a really good watch
1: like the songs are, are great but I think watching it with like in combination with the visuals and with the um, like stuff that Bo Burnham does out of this world so yeah make sure please watch the special it's amazing.
0: Well, we know that everybody's spending like 80% of their spare time on Netflix anyway. So I'm like, if you're already going to be binging something, just may as well throw it into your queue. Throw it into the mix, add it to your list, do with it what you will. But uh, yeah, it's a a nice little palate cleanser from the rest of the content that's uh, Mm. that's coming out right now.
1: Army of the Dead is the greatest film of all time. (laughs) Oh my God,
0: don't even get me started on fucking Army of the Dead. that whole movie, I was just like, why is Jose um, Dave Batista's <laughs> head so small and his body? That was the
1: first thing I thought too, like, dude has a pea head. <laughs> He's built like a fridge, except like everywhere except for his head.
0: And I love how like the whole thing, like Tig Nataro, the the comedian, she plays like the pilot or whatever. <laughs> How she's like, she was added last minute. So in every scene, like she's like poorly edited in and it's like <laughs> hazy in the background to try and mask the green screen or I don't know exactly how they did it, but like it's so poorly done. They could have just reshot her scenes. Like, why didn't they just reshoot her scenes? Poor girl had to just act by herself.
1: They were just lazy, man. Zack Schneider was just like, fuck it. We'll make no, it but work.
0: Zack Snyder is pretty like artistic. You'd think that he would, uh, that would bother him.
1: He's, he's kind of weird.
0: Well, that's not nice. We don't know him. No, personally.
1: hey, weird isn't a bad thing.
0: It's Fair. Just- let's normalize weird.
1: Yeah, let's normalize.
0: Let's <laughs> normalize weird on the podcast let's today.
1: Normalize being weird and quirky.
0: <laughs> yeah, we got to be quirky. All right, I'm going to give you a little bit of background, Ethan, on uh, on Bo Burnham and who he is, and uh, then we'll get into the songs. What do you think?
1: Hell yes, let's do it.
0: Bo Burnham, also known as Robert Pickering Burnham, is an actor slash comedian hailing from Hamilton, Massachusetts who started writing and performing on YouTube in 2006 when he was only 16. After finishing high school, he chose to defer his enrollment to the famous Tisch School of the Arts in New York to pursue performing on his own terms.
1: You know, I actually just found out through this special that his name was, his actual name was Robert. I didn't know that.
0: Me too. I had no idea.
1: I thought his actual name was Bo.
0: I guess it's just like a nickname, like I guess, do people call Robert's bow? Is that like a thing?
1: I don't know. I've, I have like Rob, like Bob, I guess, but maybe he just took out the B because he didn't be Bo. no want to be Bob. No one wants to be Bob. Tell that to our uncle Bob. <laughs>
0: I heard. I remember him saying in the... I think it's like one of the opening songs. He says, Robert's been a little depressed. And I was like, who's Robert? I
1: know, yeah.
0: And then I realized, uh, oh, he. He is Robert. (laughs) Robert is he. Third
1: person. Yeah, (laughs) There you go.
0: Smart. (laughs) See what you did there. Uh, So Bo Burnham's YouTube clips have gained nearly 400 million views. Bo was never afraid to approach a multitude of topics, including race, gender, and inequality, through his signature satirical comedy style. And in 2008, he became the youngest person to perform for Comedy Central special, The World Stands Up. His first Mm solo solo special was called Words, 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 and it was recorded at the legendary House of Blues in Boston in 2010. But he reached new heights with his Netflix special, What?, which came out in 2013 and the subsequent special, Make Happy, in 2016, which you and I probably know all the words to every single, like that entire set. We'd probably know them both, I'd say.
1: I, I think you're right in saying that. After we watch those, those are quality content.
0: I feel like I can never, like, I'll just throw those on. Like, they're about an hour. Each of those specials, they're probably an hour apiece. But, like, I'll just throw those on. And even though they are they can be kind of heavy, like, I, I never regret watching them again.
1: It's a perfect mix of, like, comedy and, uh, I was going to say despair, I guess. <laughs> it is
0: kind I, of comedy. <laughs>
1: it is. Like, it's, called, yeah, I mean, tragedy and comedy are a great mix. And so it's like, and he's so unique with the way he does it, right? Because it's not like... It's not like regular stand up. He'll say like he'll do stand up for like little increments, but it's really like a one man performance, like a, sh- a full on show, and it's a mu- like a musical, a one man musical.
0: Yeah, and it's incredible. And like seriously, if, if the listeners haven't watched his Netflix stuff yet, like just go watch it. Just please go watch it. Yes. So after his special came out in 2016, the Make Happy special, he took some time away from stand-up to pursue other venues as well as work on his own mental health. He wrote and directed the indie flick Eighth Grade and starred in the black comedy Promising Young Woman, which I haven't seen, but I think you've seen it.
1: I have seen it, yes. I thought he was very good in that, actually.
0: Yeah. Did you yeah. like the movie?
1: I, I may have to I have to rewatch it. I, I don't like to, like, because my first impression on a movie is sometimes different after I've watched it the second time. Right. I wasn't too crazy about it. Um, it was like definitely a very interesting watch and I did like Bo Burnham's character but if I had to pick between the two like eighth grade and promising young women I'd probably pick eighth grade I thought that movie was like phenomenal I thought it was very well done the thing is is that it didn't really remind me of when I was in eighth grade because I feel like eighth grade now was so much different so different eighth grade but like I could still kind of like empathize with the kids in that movie because I'm like man oh man like just how like anxiety feel like Is that a word? Anxiety fueling that must be to like. Yeah, I'd say so. Be in that kind of an environment at that age. Like it's kind of crazy what it's become.
0: He did a really good job, I think, of making it. Even like like you said, even though eighth grade looks different to you know these like Zoomers coming up, or maybe not. They're not even Zoomers. They're younger than Zoomers. You're technically a Zoomer, I guess. I'm a Zoomer. You're a Zoomer. But uh, even though like the experience looked different to everybody else, there were themes that everyone could relate to within it, which was which was really smart. His return to comedy was stunted by the COVID 19 pandemic. So for his third Netflix special, Bo announced he would be writing, directing, filming, editing, and of course performing it all himself from a room in his home during lockdown. And that special came to be inside a half stand up. A half musical performance piece that touches on everything from sexting to the internet to cancel culture to the struggles of mental health in it burnham is incredibly vulnerable and real performing without an audience and speaking directly to the camera about his declining mental state it was hugely successful and received overwhelmingly positive reviews from critics dom maxwell of the times called it the first comic masterpiece and it was awarded five stars by the guardian and the special also nabbed Burnham his first Emmy nominations, a whopping total of six for the awards that are upcoming in September, including Outstanding Direction, Writing, and Original Music and Lyrics.
1: He'll definitely win, I think, Music He's and Lyrics. got ly- to, right? He's got to win Music and Lyrics.
0: I wouldn't be surprised if he swept all three of those big major categories because, like, no one else put out something as impactful, I feel like, during the pandemic.
1: Yeah, and just something so... Um... Like, I, I feel like it's gartered such like a powerful following that I don't really think anything else this year has been able to do. Like I don't think there's anything else. like I was looking on Spotify because I was listening to the album again today and like I was just looking at how many like plays each of his songs have had. yeah and I'm like, man, like yeah, people love this 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 special and rightfully so.
0: And it's a totally different way to digest comedy, right? Because oh, yeah. like, I've never really been a comedy album person, to be honest with you, because like, I didn't—I never really liked hearing the audience laugh. And like, you hear sometimes more of like the audience noise than you do the actual comedian. It's just not the same unless you're like sitting there live, like experiencing it. Yeah. But with Bo's stuff, like, I don't, I don't mind, especially with this one, because there's no audience. So it's all sounds so like heavily produced and just like legitimate songs that are just happen to be really funny, but also hit home in a lot of different ways, too. Mm-hmm. It's amazing.
1: It, it definitely is. Yeah, I, I I actually I forgot that he he got nominated for Emmys. I read that this morning, um, but I was like, yeah, totally deserved. And totally I well I, deserved. I hope he wins a lot because <laughs> what, for what he went through trying to make this, I'm like, damn, man. Like, he he was in that room, or, like, it seems like he was working on, he was at least working on this project for a year, at least. Yeah. And for most of it, he was probably in that room, eating, sleeping, just kind of living there for most of the time anyway. And so I can just, like, imagine, and, like, you can see the strain that it has on him, so, yeah.
0: Absolutely. And, and we're definitely going to get into it and talk about yes. it, Ethan. But before we get into the actual record, we got to tell the people about what we're drinking today, which very fittingly is uh, it's called a Quarantini. Ah,
1: ha, ha, ha.
0: And here's the good thing about a Quarantini is it's a, it can be a really choose-your-own-adventure type drink. You can make it as strong or as weak as your heart's desire. And you can use even different ingredients, both Ian and, Ethan and myself took some... Uh, some creative liberties with our drinks today. But, um, if you do want to make one, I would just recommend that your base alcohol is like one and a half ounces of whatever you want. So in my case, I chose gin. Ethan went with vodka today and then throw in some juices. I myself have a splash of grenadine. I've got some orange juice. Ethan, I see you have orange juice as well, but whether that's cranberry juice, apple juice, throw it in a couple shots here or there, top it with some champagne or some soda, something fizzy and garnish it however you want. And you, it's just, it's just a good drink to drink in lockdown.
1: It's true. It's it's wonderful. I've had a few sips now and uh, I can't put it down.
0: Can't put it down. Feeling the buzz. The podcast <laughs> <Yeah>. is working. <laughs> well, cheers, Ethan. Thank you for deciding to come back on the podcast today. I am happy to have you here.
1: Well, thank you for bringing me back as per usual.
0: Okay, so before we get into the actual songs, before we get into the specifics, um, Ethan, can you tell our listeners a little bit about how you first started listening to Bo Burnham? How did you find him? And then uh, your overall feelings on the Inside album.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like, the, I think the way I got introduced to Bo Burnham first was actually over Vine, back when that mm. was still a thing. That was, to this day... I'm still sad that that app is gone. So many like uh, because in 2013, when it was like just beginning to kind of take its ascent, um, that was when I I first kind of started watching these Bo Burnham vines, and I thought they were just there. He's always so smart. Like for six seconds, he was always able to make such a funny and like really unique kind of like story, even in like such a short amount of time. Yeah. And then through that, I it led me to. I think I think you probably watched the special first. Actually, you watched what? And then you told me that I would probably probably like it because I like his vines, So I probably like his special. And I was like, eh, all right, I'll check it out. And then, of course, fell in love with it. Uh, then Make Happy came out and I watched that too. love that. that
0: together when I was still I was still living at home at the time. So I think you and I watch Make Happy together.
1: I think we watched both of them together because I, I, I'm pretty sure we, we would have watched uh, what as well.
0: We we probably did, but I, I watched what with my, when I was in Kingston, I discovered it when I was in university. So oh, yeah. I watched it with my roommates the first time, but then I'm probably, yeah, I probably came home over Christmas break and I was like, Ethan, you got to check this shit out. So good.
1: <laughs> check it out. Actually, it out. You know, I think before I even watched the special, I think I watched, um, repeat stuff like the music video first. Yes. And so I saw that and I was like, wow, this guy is crazy. Cause like the imagery in that music video is just like wild. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, so like I saw those specials and then I was super disappointed when I found out that he was kind of like taking a break from comedy. Yeah. So I was like, man, this guy is like a genius. Like he's made two amazing specials and that's all we're going to get. And like obviously I watched 8th Grade when it came out and Promising Young Woman. And so then Inside was dropped and I was like so excited and it delivered. Like I, I don't, I wasn't too sure what my expectations were going into it. Like, I knew it was going to be all in one. Well, actually, no, I didn't know it was going to be all in one room. Like, I knew it was going to be all him, like, writing, directing, filming. Yeah. Um. I just, like, I was not expecting the whole aspect of it taking place in one room. And I thought that was just so interesting. I was actually talking to my friends about this. Like, just seeing him progress throughout the years with, like, in terms of singing and songwriting. The levels he's reached for this special are, like, incredible. Because some of the songs he's written, I'm like, man, like, I could listen to these just, like, all the time. Like it was, the special was different from the others because it kind of left me feeling more, I don't want to say sad, but it was almost like, it, well, it actually inspired me a lot because I was like, obviously being stuck in the house for the, like, almost the whole of like the pandemic, I've always felt like, oh, there's nothing really creative you can do. Like you can't really make anything when you're stuck here. Right. Um, but then watching him do that and like make this incredible thing that is just like, it's just so like emotional and so vulnerable. And I'm like, yeah, no, you know what? You can. Like, as long as you you put your heart and soul into it, like, you can just do anything no matter where you are, no matter what, like, budget you have, like, you can totally do it. Yeah. So I left, like, as much as it was very draining and it was very, like, heavy, I did leave feeling very inspired and motivated to kind of, like, do more as an artist.
0: Yeah, 100%. Like, he, like, you see throughout, he kind of kept in, because he edited it all together himself. So he's really smart yeah. because he, like, filmed himself, like, you know, setting up the gags and setting up the this like everything the lighting the the background like he he was really smart because then I think he was able to like throw those clips in so you could see how much work like blood sweat and tears really like went into it and you're right like the the visual deterioration of him physically about it like his hair's getting longer his beard's getting longer he must have lost some weight I don't know he probably wasn't eating enough during that time too but like yeah seeing how it physically changes a person and I feel like maybe though although our transformations via through the lockdown wouldn't have been as dramatic I feel like if you filmed yourself took pictures of yourself every day for a year or a year and a half in our case with with covid lasting this long like i'm sure we all kind of uh identified with that too just feeling like we were wasting away sometimes
1: hell yeah no for sure and i mean i I feel like as well like i'll probably mention this when we're talking about the specifics and the songs but like watching him put this all together it reminded me of like the past year of school that we had in like the theater program Mm -hmm. because essentially what we had to do so like i could like i was easily able to like put myself in his shoes i mean like what he did was way harder but I was like I was able to understand his frustration and the stress he probably had to endure because like having to like act with nobody else in the room or like having to just like perform with nobody else in the room it's just like it's not the same and it's very like demoralizing so like watching that special I just kept thinking of like my classmates and everything and like what they did as well because there was definitely a lot of similarities there.
0: No, it's, it 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 is really really interesting to watch it and and you're so right like it's it was it was tough like it was tough to watch for sure yeah. and I mean I guess you know going back to what you were saying like I had really high expectations for this special because I had been a fan of his probably since 2013 like probably since what came out. I'm so glad you brought up the vines too because yeah. like the amount of times I come, Ethan and I are brother and sister. So I see Ethan quite often, but every time I come home and we chat, like, I'm pretty sure there's at least two or three Bo Burnham vines that are just like quoted or just vines (laughs) in general. Like we were big fans of the medium when it was, uh, when it was in its heyday, but like, he's so you're right. He's so funny and smart in a way that like no one else was creating content in the same way during that time. So then when I watched his specials and like, you kind of you know, like you came to expect a big performance, a very like highly stylized, like highly planned out show. Because like when it's just you on stage and he's putting on multiple performances of multiple songs like he had to have everything down to a t like Mm -hmm. he had to be perfect every single night and i feel like he probably was so same as you when when i heard he was creating a new special i was like like it's interesting he's gonna do it all from home like what's Mm -hmm. that gonna look like is it he's not gonna have the big stage and the lights and i feel like because his songs like his songwriting is so good again he's like half comedian half musician. So I'm like, that's what I really loved about his specials is watching him perform to an audience and people cheer at certain moments and like giving him the energy back and things like that. So I was like, I don't know how this is going to go. And then the trailer that Netflix released was like 30 seconds and it wasn't even, it didn't even show you anything. It was just his face. And he had like a beard and stuff. And I'm like, well, that's cool. But like, what's he going to do? Like, what is this going to be about? (laughs) I remember just like (laughs) after like it ended, after the special ended, like, inside, it reminded me of, I don't know if you've ever seen this, like, GIF, but I use it all the time. It's Eddie Murphy in Arsenio Hall in Coming to America. And it's in the scene where they're talking to all the different women in the bar, and they're just, like, sitting there with, like, their mouths against
1: <laughs> oh, them.
0: <like>, yeah. That <laughs> was how I felt on my couch. Like, after the screen went black and I was watching the credits, I was like, what just happened? Like, yeah. I was, like, literally, like, who am I? He he took, I think, a lot of the feelings that we were all feeling during lockdown And put it into one special and made it so soul-bearing and like, oh my God, like it just made me feel very seen in a lot of ways, but also made me like question a lot of, (laughs) a lot of things. I don't know. But it it was kind of like the way I see the album is the first half. I was like, oh, this is really fun. This is really funny. He's hitting all the points. And then it hits a point where like, it just doesn't come back and it gets so real. And every song hits more than the one before.
1: This, the, after the intermission, it's just like a rocky piece. Decline, like not in quality, but like subject matter, because it's just like, oh man, because it's it's sad, like watching him, like because I like I feel for him and like what how like how much stress he was under going through that. So it was like, yeah, like you're like you're essentially watching him deteriorate over a year, yeah, physically and mentally as he's making this special, yeah, and yeah, so like by the intermission and like all the songs that come after that, you're just like, man, oh man this is tough.
0: He wasn't afraid to just be like a person. He, he didn't worry about being Bo Burnham and the celebrity. He was essentially like Robert, like he was Robert, you know, he didn't even Robert. really have his same stage persona that he normally does. His stage persona is kind of an asshole, but like that was part of his act. Like he mm-hmm. did that because he wanted something separate from his personal life. Right. So yeah, it was just, it was, it was a, it was a very life-changing watch. I know people who couldn't even get through it who felt like, Oh my God, this is too real. And I, and I can't watch it. I know people who like me where I'm like, I've watched it multiple times and it seems to hurt me more. Like the more times I watch it, but like, it's like, like it hurts me, but I love it. And then I know some people who are like, Oh, it's not my style. It's not my jam. And that's, and that's totally fair. But like, I'd give it a chance at least.
1: Yeah, for sure. Like if you don't want to watch the special, just listen to the album itself, because I think the songs, even on their own, they hold up like as much as it's amazing with the visuals, like, the songs hold up
0: okay ethan so there's a lot of songs to cover today we won't be able to get through them all but uh, i'm going to ask you to start the conversation first where's uh what's the first track you want to start uh, talking about
1: hey this is not going to come as a surprise all eyes on me
0: oh so good yeah. so good
1: the funny thing about this one is it's like i can't actually i feel like with the other songs i like had a clear interpretation of it like i kind of was like okay i understand like I, I know why I'm like uh, attracted to the song, or like I know why, why I love it. For this one, I'm, I almost had trouble because I was thinking about it today. I had to listen to it a couple times because yeah. I was like trying to think about why I really love it. But basically, like the song, it comes like right after we see him reach his all time low. Yeah, not not, not, like,
0: a, not yeah. Atlanta,
1: <laughs> not Atlanta. It, it's it's after Atlanta. No, after the uh,
0: ATL. Yeah,
1: <laughs> no, but this is like the part of the special where like we actually see the um, effect that it's been having on him. Like he can barely even uh, talk. Like he's trying to just say that he's been working on it for a year and he can't get through it. He can't even say the one sentence. Um, and so I feel like when this song comes on, we can just kind of imagine how like lonely he must be feeling at this point. He's been in the same room for so long. Um, and the w- I think the reason why I really like it is because I'm just like, I'm watching him on screen and it seems like he's trying to imagine that there's someone else in the room. Like he's trying to imagine so badly that there's an audience in front of him. Yeah, Cause he's like talking to them. He's like, yeah, put your hands up, pray for me. Like he's, he's imagining that he's on stage again. And I thought this was crazy about the song too. Cause he was talking about how uh, the reason he left comedy was cause he was having panic attacks on stage. Yeah. And I had no idea about that. So I thought that was wild. And then it was just so like tragic to hear that he wanted to make a comeback, but then COVID derailed it so i like i almost imagine that that was kind of like the song was sort of his almost like way of trying to cope with it like trying to imagine that he was on stage again because i feel like he does enjoy being on stage like there's stuff that he hates about it but i think he does enjoy performing
0: he is he is a performer at his core right that's how he grew up even just like you know him starting on youtube that was his avenue to to share his art with others right yeah I totally see what you mean though, because like this is one, there's only a couple songs on the album where I think he adds in a laugh track. It's this one. And then comedy maybe, Yeah. I think where he, he adds in like audience laughing or clapping or whatever, but it's, it's interesting. I I definitely agree with you. I think this is probably my favorite song on the album too, because what he's saying in the lyrics is he's like, yeah, he's like, put your fucking hands up, get up out of your seats. All eyes on me, all eyes on me, which when you hear that, you're like, well, that's a very clear, We've seen that happen. Like when we watch his other specials, people Mm. get up, they clap, they applaud. And he's, he's the only one on the stage. All eyes are literally on him. So I get that. But then when, yeah, he's not, it's not like put your hands up, like party. Woo. It's like, put your hands up, pray for me because he's like struggling. Right. Mm. Um, And then, yeah, having that moment for him to kind of like share. And he, he, he just, he, he covers, not that he covers it up because he is being honest, but I feel like he separates himself from the story because he's like oh do you want to hear a funny story and then yeah. he goes into this whole thing about how he used to have panic attacks and and while this is all happening he's got this like auto-tune on his voice so he's almost separating himself from his own story like I feel like that gave him almost the comfort to like speak about it
1: I was actually I was thinking about mentioning that and I wasn't too sure but like I I'm actually glad that you brought that up because I I was thinking that too because I, I re-watched it and I was thinking about how he had the lower because he he was his mic's on like a lower setting, so his yeah. voice isn't as as recognizable. So I was like kind of thinking about like the moment before he couldn't like he was trying to talk about how it's been a year and he couldn't even get through it. So I'm almost wondering if that's why he did it, because he, he couldn't hear the sound of his own voice. And that was the only way he could actually like get that out was by, yeah, almost disconnecting himself.
0: It drew a lot of similarities for me between um, the song Can't Handle This, which was on his second special make happy which is like the closer it's the finale where like you know if you think it's just a song about him talking about like really like low stake problems where he's like oh i can't fit my hand in a dorito or in a pringles can whatever it is like <laughs> he, he that's how he starts the song but then it gets into this much like deeper reality of like what his greatest fears are and like the whole thing is very like kanye west-esque like mm-hmm. auto-tuned like it's very distorted and, and all of that and so that's where i also see the similarities with this song but it's just like I feel like he does feel this intense pressure to perform like and be, again be, like I was saying earlier his shows are so planned and he has to hit all the cues otherwise like jokes will fall flat because yep. like he has these like moments built in based on the sound that he's come up with or like the lighting cue or whatever it is and if he he misses it he, he's done like that whole yep. joke is just for nothing inadvertently he also probably put that pressure on himself that's what he's become known for is these really meticulous shows and with something like this I imagine that that put even more pressure on him to deliver to like his legions of loyal fans right so you know even when he's being this vulnerable and being this genuine he's still a performer he's still he's still giving us a show and giving us like a fucking banger of a song to be honest
1: yeah no a great yeah the song i mean the song is the most popular one on spotify i think yeah i think you're right everyone's listening to that one it's i mean i don't have tiktok but uh word around the grapevine is that around the grapevine? I don't know. I don't know what the actual. <laughs> you don't just
0: like gather around the grapevine. And you're like, hey, heard this, yeah.
1: Yeah, this is a random grapevine. <laughs> like,
0: it's just one, one grapevine, like around a pole, and you're like, I'll meet you at the grapevine.
1: Um, but yeah, no, it's it's a popular song. Uh, All eyes on me, and rightfully so. Like yeah. very well crafted.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, I'm glad that you started there because like it all builds up. I think that's like the true climax of the performance. And when it all builds up to that, like that's the one that left me like very much speechless and very like unsettled, but in a a good way, like a very self-reflective way.
1: For sure. Yeah. I felt the same way.
0: Yeah. Uh, Great way to start it off, Ethan. I'm going to take it in a slightly different direction and say that my very close second favorite is one you're probably going to laugh, but It's the one that I sing around my apartment probably the most, and that song is called Shit. And the reason why I love it so much is because I feel like it's a very short song. I want to say it's like a minute and a half, maybe two. I feel like it was one of those tracks that he just wrote super quickly be, or like he was probably just riffing to himself and he was just talking about how it feels like shit and Like <laughs> throughout the pandemic. I felt like shit many a day, but like literally the song starts off and he's like, how are we all feeling tonight? Yeah, I am not feeling good. <laughs> it's the antithesis to any kind of like, song nowadays where you're trying to like hype people up and he's doing that but he's literally like wake up at 11 30 feeling like a bag of shit (laughs) yeah like ladies do you feel like shit tell me do you feel like shit oh yeah yeah Yeah. it's just it's so fun and like (laughs) this was entirely me in quarantine where I was like I would be like you know in that like weird space between just like crying and laughing all the time and just being like I'm so sad but like what am I gonna do and like oh my god I'm so ridiculous and like now I just like literally walk around like cooking food and I'm just like ladies do you feel like
1: shit (laughs) tell me do you
0: feel like shit
1: it's yeah I I, no, I think you're right that probably is how like the song was probably created it was just a lot of I mean that's probably the the it was the process that he had was just kind of like improvising and just like whatever inspiration came to him he went with it and then Probably that one day he was like, hey, how about how about I sing a song where I'm just talking about how I feel like shit? Yeah. And then it just – it bloomed into that beautiful masterpiece that it is.
0: And when you watch it in the special, he does this like funny little dance. He's just like in his boxers and a t-shirt and he's just like – he's got his like party lights going and he's just vibing. So good. So it good.
1: Definitely like – it doesn't beat the walk that he does in comedy. That, the walk? Know, you know the walk he does where he's like, where he's writing. He's got the pen and paper. Wait, let me see if I can get my legs in the <laughs> shot. And he's just like <laughs> walking around writing all the stuff down on the paper. It doesn't. That I was the. About
0: that. Uh, That's your favorite part of the whole special.
1: That was well. That was the part that made me laugh the because I watched it with mom, and yeah. uh, so like the was, mom, <laughs> the mom, yeah, the very one. Uh, yeah when we were watching it that was like one of the first songs comedy yeah and so it was just yeah there was a nice opener just seeing him like kind of all the pencils and everything yeah that made me that made me laugh quite a oh, bit
0: so good I love it okay where do you want to go next Ethan
1: where do I want to go next oh let's go straight to welcome to the internet
0: oh boy this is a tough yeah. one for me
1: Oh, did you not like it?
0: No, no, no. There's not. There's no song that okay. I like. Don't like. I'll say. But like, it makes me very uncomfortable. This song.
1: <laughs> it does. No, it definitely. Like, I thought. Okay, I thought it, this is like a song that would be in a Broadway show. Like, if I heard it, I'd be like, "This is from a a professional production." Uh, not to say that it was like Bill Burnham's not professional, but like, I thought it would come from like someone where there was like five writers and like a yeah. bunch of like musicians and stuff. But it was like, you know, Bo Burnham created it all on his own. I thought it was phenomenal, and yeah, like the atmosphere it creates is so like it's dark, mysterious, and the and like it keeps getting faster, and that's what yeah, makes it scary because it just keep and like the the stuff he talks about, and it's true. That's what also makes it so scary. Was that all the stuff he mentions about the internet is absolutely true? So the can you
0: can you enlighten the listeners, Ethan? Like, what is what is the essence of the song about?
1: Right. Yes. Yeah, sorry. So
0: no, no, no. Like, don't apologize.
1: I'm so sorry. No. Uh, <laughs> basically, it uh, it opens up with Bo and he's fr- in front of a computer. He's got this cool background. He looks like he's in space, basically. And he's just kind of saying like, welcome to the internet. You know, there's so much stuff you can find. You, you can basically find everything your heart desires. So he lists like these fun, like, you know, you can find pictures of your friends. You can uh, hang out with people in a chat room. Or... You can find, like, feet pics of every female celebrity. <laughs> <laughs> There's pictures of, like... <laughs> Cartoon
0: drawings of all the characters in Harry Potter fucking each other.
1: <laughs> Welcome to the internet. Yeah, <laughs> that part was funny, too. Yeah, it, he's basically just outlining, like, the internet is this lawless place, which it, it is. Like, you can... Depending on where you go, like, this isn't even counting the dark net, Like, just the regular internet is scary enough, the stuff yeah. you can find... Like the, the thing I find so scary about it, I'm not like, obviously, yes, there's some like messed up websites and it's just kind of whack. But I feel like the thing I find most scary about it and that what he talks about is like it's become a core part of our identities or like a lot of people's identities.
0: Absolutely. Where
1: it's like we're using the internet on a daily basis and we can't stop. And it was like how he was, because there's that whole part in this in the story he uh, or in the song where he was like talking about like a kid finds this iPad and like it, the iPad did exactly what we designed it to do, which was just to get us addicted like reel to it.
0: you in and just yeah. keep you there.
1: Exactly. And it's like, it's, it's so, it like just draws us into this like toxic, um, environment and we just can't get out because it's just, it's become ingrained in us now. Um, and I was like, I wrote in my notes, I'm like, this is a, why I'm grateful we didn't get phones until much later in our lives, or at least yeah. our parents, didn't let us get phones like, until yep. later. <laughs> so you can I'm, have this
0: <laughs> shitty phone that can only make phone calls and you can play, you could play worm or whatever that game was. Snake, not worm. That was
1: snake. an actual phone. It can only make like phone calls and nothing. Oh, well, I, just, I guess you were. My first
0: phone, Ethan, I shit you not. It was like a little <laughs> flippy boy. It's like this yeah. flip phone. And, uh, I got, I think 10 text messages a month. So I'd have to be like careful about like, cause it was pay as you go. Oh so like gosh. I would go and buy calling cards at the gas station and I would like load it up and it would get me like 10 texts a month. So I could be like texting somebody and then be like, oh, well, I have no That's it. <laughs> conversation over apparently. And it was, it was the, I can't even remember what the keyboard's called, but it was the, it didn't have a QWERTY keyboard. It had the numbers. So I had yeah. to like click through to like find the letters.
1: Oh, like, you're right. Yeah, yeah. And it had like
0: snake and it, and that was about it. And that was all I could do.
1: But yeah, but you're no. Grateful
0: that you didn't get a smartphone until you were probably in high school. I would say
1: very grateful. Like I, I will say I, I definitely like I, I was on the computer at a young age, which is something that I, like, probably shouldn't have happened. But I mean, in this day and age, especially like it's hard to prevent because I feel like that's just kind of becoming a part of life, right? Like you give your kids an iPad or you let them go on the computer. So like I, I mean I, I but I definitely think that I was not as like attached to the internet at a young age as like my other friends were, which is a good thing. Like I'm glad I kind of, I wasn't like addicted to it so early. Yeah. Um, but that being said, I, I still have issues with it. Like I still don't want to be spending too much time on social media and stuff because it just like burns time and it burns your morale, man. Like spending all your time on social media, it's not 100%. good. hundred
0: percent. Well, and yeah, it's interesting because he, he's very clear. Like I find the, the bridges of his songs are all kind of like what really like drive the point home so Mm -hmm. yeah in the bridge after like the song has sped up sped up it's got this like circusy kind of creepy vibe to it whatever and then the song slows down and he talks about you know the time before he says before the towers fell like circa 99 like when we the internet kind of first burst onto the scene so you weren't even born yet ethan you (sighs) you were born in the year 2000 so like there was a time when like i remember the internet was still this like very fugazi
1: type fugazi
0: yeah, it was a hazy. it's a woozy, because, like, we didn't really have it, like, we didn't have a connection in our house until a little bit later, and you'd it'd be dial-up, so you'd have to, like, sign on, and you'd hear, like, <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: whatever, and no one could use the phone, because, like, you would tie up the <laughs> phone lines, but um, he talks about how there was a time when, you know, it was just, like, it was, like, catalogs, and I think he said travel blogs, and whatever, and, and how how quickly it became this, like, integral part of everybody's lives people we do everything on the internet like I I I had like a very long drive ahead of me today where I I was coming back from up north and like dude I don't know what I would have done if I didn't have ways like I don't know how to read a map I don't like I don't know where I'm going like I don't know any of the the, the highways like I just fall like my phone is like yep turn left here and I'm like you got it (laughs) yeah it's like that episode of The Office where, like, Michael gets upset because they're losing clients to, like, the the bigger oh, yeah. chains who have, like, more resources. And he's, like, driving around giving them gift baskets. And he's following the um, the GPS. And they're, like, he's, like, turn right. And, and he's, like, okay, I'm going to turn right. And then Dwight's, like, no, no, no. It means bear right. That's a lake here. You can't go here. And Michael's, like, I'm turning right. And he goes, <laughs> drives into the lake.
1: Into like, the lake. we've
0: become so reliant on it. And we trust it implicitly. And, and, and and I hate that, but like, I'm really guilty of it for going to the internet for all my answers. Like anytime I get like a weird, like pain in my stomach, I'm like Googling and I'm just like, what does this mean? And I'm like going to WebMD trying to figure out like my symptoms and like, Oh my God, do I have cancer? Like, it's just, you go down this rabbit hole and then that's the whole, the whole internet. And the word he uses to describe, like, unfortunately it's your generation who you didn't grow up with the time without internet. Like you, you have always had it. And he says like, insatiable you like you you insatiable you because like you guys like your generation the zoomers that like you're you're the ones coming up with all the new shit like all the new tiktok <laughs> dances and like the the artists that are coming out now are all zoomers and i'm just like man like it's never ending with you guys
1: don't group me with the tiktokers i don't align with them <laughs>
0: that's fair I mean, I, like i don't have tiktok either but um i feel like you're probably the only gen Z I i know who does not have
1: TikTok. it's like anything in the world moderation is key like the internet if Like the internet's good. Like when you need, because it's like if you need answers in a pinch, you got it. If you need new, like it's great for news because it's like nothing happens in the world without the rest of the world knowing within like a couple hours, right? Or less than that, depending on what's going on, right? Um,
0: When the Titanic sank, I'm pretty sure it took like three days for anyone to even know. Like (laughs) probably longer to know what happened.
1: Three years later, some guy was like, "What?" (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. My cousin was on that thing. No wonder I haven't seen him. <laughs> yeah, no.
0: Too soon. Too soon.
1: Yeah. I was Too soon.
0: Say. Um, On the note of like social media and the internet, I-, I would love to talk about white woman's Instagram. Oh, yes. So this song comes in, in the, in the top half of the album, where it's still a little bit light and breezy. His hair is not quite as long as it gets. <coughs> His beard's not quite as long. And I feel like he maybe still had some, you know, had some happy moments. And it's a very, very funny song because it's essentially, he, throughout the song, he's just kind of listing like, these really idyllic photos. So he says, like an avocado, like a simple glass of wine, you know, um uh Ruth Bader-Ginsburg bobblehead and
1: a quote from Lord of the Rings wrongfully attributed to Martin Luther King. Yeah,
0: like he's like listening to all these things <laughs> and then he's like, Is this heaven or just a white woman's Instagram is the is the main chorus. Um and I just like when, when he started performing it, cause in the video or in the special story, he's like wearing this like plaid shirt and it's like kind of falling off one shoulder. It's so crazy how he got the Instagram poses, right? Like the white woman Instagram poses where I'm like, Oh, I've done that. Like there's one where he's pointing up at balloons, let's say 27, like the birthday balloons. And I'm like, I literally have that picture. Like that's literally like my <laughs> picture. I had those balloons at my birthday. Like I'm doing, i
1: was so talk. guilty
0: of it. <laughs> but I, I felt attacked but in like a funny way because I was like oh shit I'm so guilty of all these, like <laughs> all these tropes I didn't even feel bad he was like making fun of me for it and and the poses he gets himself in like he made all these beautiful like backdrops with like raindrops and flowers and like you know it's just he put so much effort into like the art behind this song that made it really fun to watch too. But, you know, on the flip side, I feel like he did a good job of like coming at it from both sides where like, yes, social media can be very performative. And like, you know, I want to choose the best photos of me possible always to go on Instagram. And like, I'm very meticulous about like, The editing and and the caption and and how many comments it gets, how many likes it gets. Like everybody kind of keeps track of that shit in their head, which is Mm -hmm. bad, but like it happens. But he goes into this again. It's the bridge of the song where he talks about, you know, social media can also be like a very genuine place for people to just like express themselves and talk about things. And the example he gives is, you know, like a girl who posts a photo of her mom and it's been 10 years since her mom passed and she's just saying like, mom, I'm happy and I'm doing well. And I hope you're proud of me and all this stuff. And kind of just like hearing that you do see those kinds of posts on social media too. And you're like, well, we shouldn't judge people for, we shouldn't judge people for what they want to post, how much they want to post and why, because it's like, it's your media. So like do with it what you will, right. Do it for the gram.
1: Do it for the gram. Yeah. yeah, Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I also felt that too because it was like, it's a very, I, I was, I thought it was like very accurate too. It um, was <laughs> similar, like the white woman's Instagram as well as FaceTime with my mom, I thought were two yeah. <laughs> accurate songs I've heard in a long time. When we might talk about FaceTime with my mom later, it was really interesting how it started out so, like, yeah, stereotypical, very comedic. And then it just delves into this, like, yeah, about her, this character's mom and like how she's passed. And then, so like one instant, like I'm laughing, and then the next, I'm like, "Oh my gosh, I'm sad now. What the yeah. hell?" And then I'm laughing again because then he breaks out of He's it.
0: He's like goat cheese salad.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, I can't remember though because I'm trying to think back to it. Did he do this thing where it was like the majority of the song was kind of like vertical? It was as in if a square. A phone?
0: So it was so the Facetime with my mom is done like a phone, but then Instagram is done as a square, which was very smart. Oh,
1: yeah. Okay, but then does this, this the square? I think the square expands. It does. So, yeah, the square expands once he gets into the whole, like, the character the part, of like, yeah. her mom. And I feel like that was, like, a, yeah, a very clear kind of, like, message about, like, like it seems kind of one-dimensional at first. Like, oh, yes, yeah, just, like, posting these, like, you know, uh, pictures that are kind of generic and basic. But then it goes into this, like, specific thing and then you, this all of a sudden this person has depth. It's, like, a real human yeah. being. But then it goes right back to the square. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, salad. goat cheese salad. <laughs> a coffee table made out of driftwood. Yeah, it's so fucking catchy. Like, man, it that, is. It's so fun, but it's it's really good. He 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 touches on all the all of the things, and it made me think a lot about like my own social media use and um, maybe how I can improve upon it too. So yeah,
1: <laughs> fair enough.
0: Um, where you want to go next, Ethan?
1: Uh, let's go with the last song in the track, which is "Goodbye."
0: Ooh, okay
1: it's a t- another tough one
0: another tough one it but it and it encompasses incomp- it encompasses, encompasses all the other songs on the record yeah it, encu- it encompasses sorry i can't do accents but it encompasses <laughs> all the other songs on the record it like you know certain lines from it certain choruses like it's it's heavy man it's heavy
1: it's the it's basically the ending of his special and it starts with him the, it's actually really cool how he does it because I think at the very beginning of his process, he had the idea for the ending song. So we see him at right. the very, like day one, he has almost no facial hair, his hair is short. And he's like, this is my idea, take one. And then he goes into it and then we see him now, yeah. like with all the hair and like, you know, where he is. And it's just like, I feel like that's something that Bo Burnham has in these specials is that he has a very emotional ending, but it's it's unique because it almost makes, it, it makes you not want it, like you don't want the special to end. Yeah um like with make happy he had the whole piano solo at the end and
0: yes i forgot about that which yeah. is in the room it's in the same room that this special took place in yeah
1: yeah and like the lyrics i think are very like similar or not like the the what's being said but like the kind of intent because in make happy he says things like um like are you happy because you're on your own from here now and then in this one oh. he's talking about like uh what's the what's the thing he says it's a, I, I can't remember like a specific lyric, but it's basically the sort of the same thing where he's basically kind of just telling us like, it's over. You're going to have to like kind of start living again now that the special is over. Yeah. So it makes you almost like you're sad that it's ending because you're like, man, yeah. like now life is starting again. <laughs> Shit, <laughs> you know? Because he he
0: essentially did distract you from the realities of what was going on around us for the last year and a half by putting out this special that even though it was COVID related, like he never actually names, he never talks about COVID. He never talks Mm -mm. about quarantine or lockdown. Like he, I think he might say like, you know, he's stuck, like stuck in a room or stuck inside my house, but he never actually name drops the pandemic, Mm -hmm. you know, but you, yet you know exactly what he's talking about. And you're right. When the, when it came to be the end and you're seeing all the clips of him and you're like, oh, this is. This is, it's over. And like, now what do I do? <laughs> like,
1: I know, yeah. Side note, I love the way, I think, I guess this is a Massachusetts thing. The way he says room, he's like, rum. I'm in a room.
0: Stuck in a room. Have I you think noticed? He says it? room. Room. It's,
1: it's interesting the way they say rum. it. Like, he said that at the beginning, he was like, I'm going to be in this room. This and room? I'm like,
0: oh. oh he caught. doesn't have the the Boston. Smart, he doesn't have smart Pack.
1: Nah, he doesn't have smart Pack. Where'd
0: you pack it at? The Haba? The Gaddon? <laughs> That'd be a
1: whole different experience.
0: Packed it and then double repacked it. (laughs) Repacked
1: it. But uh, like a part of me wonders like watching that. I almost, I wonder if he's saying goodbye to comedy again. Cause like, Mm. it almost seemed like, cause there was like a a line where he was like, how about I sit on the couch and watch you next time? Right. I want to hear you tell a joke when no one's laughing in the background. Like, But
0: I don't, I don't think that's him saying goodbye to comedy. I think that's him also kind of like asking the audience to like look inward in a way and also be like, not, you know, not, not that he expected us to be forgiving when he doesn't have an audience, but also like, yeah, I'd like to try and see you do what I just did. So even Mm -hmm. if it's not your wild, it doesn't meet your wildest expectations. Like you try sitting in a room and telling all these jokes with literally no one laughing at you when you're a comedian who thrives on getting that gratification, that instant gratification.
1: Mm -hmm. That was another common thing that I, I noticed in like his specials is that he's always kind of like, cause I think he genuinely does want everyone to like have a good time and to enjoy the specials and i so think so much
0: so that it's damaging i think to himself
1: yeah well because like in, in um like at the end of every uh, at the end of each show he'd always say like or like end of make happy he'd be like i hope you're happy yeah um and then with this one he actually had a song what was it called I have it here
0: oh i don't want to know
1: <clears throat> yeah we're at,
0: right after the intermission
1: yeah and that, yeah. i think that shows like the anxiety he has where like like he wants people to enjoy it but it scares him to know that some people might not Yeah. And some people might hate it. And so, yeah, I think that makes sense with what you brought up about, like, just him trying to, like, explain, like, so that they can understand, you know, it's like, yeah, maybe it didn't meet your expectations. But, like, yeah, try doing what I just did and you'll find it's pretty tough to do. Yeah, bitch. (laughs) Yeah, bitch. Give me a break, okay?
0: (laughs) I'm going to go closer to the beginning. And I'm going to talk about the song, Comedy.
1: Con- okay. Which yeah. has,
0: I think, some of my favorite lyrics. Literally all my notes are just lyrics that I've written down. But, like, the main essence of this song is, um, you know, that he talks about the song, like, healing the world with comedy in his, like, satirical, classic satirical, satirical manner where he's like, he's like, I want to do something that makes a difference, but as long as I'm getting paid and being the center of attention, basically. <laughs> yeah. And it comes back in the goodbye song, too, where it's like, um, should I be joking at a time like this? And if you think about 2020 between, you know, COVID, COVID in general, but also the black lives matter movement and the, you know, the murder of George Floyd yeah. attacks that were fueled by hatred towards Asian people, um, towards Muslim people that we experienced here in Canada, the bodies of indigenous children being recovered in Saskatchewan mm-hmm. Saskatchewan, sorry. And, and Manitoba, like this was an incredibly profoundly heavy year for all of these things. And so like, yeah. Holy shit. He's like, he's probably, probably thinking like, is this the right time? Should I maybe hold off until yeah. you know, things go back to normal? But he walks this perfect balance of like being funny and hitting all these points, but still making a point. Like he comes in with a very interesting POV. And uh, then he, you know, he also assesses his own privilege. He's very open about that being like American white guys. What does he say? We've had the floor for 400 years. So maybe is. I should shut the fuck up. <laughs> and then it has this long pause. And he's like, I don't want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> I love that part. <laughs> he's
0: he's making fun of himself because he's like, he says, you know, I'm making a literal difference metaphorically. Like I, he obviously oh, yeah. his special doesn't cure cancer or, you know, COVID, whatever it might be. But I, I do think he made a difference in like our lives in my life. And for that one hour of time, I felt like better about things. So um, I really like I really like this song. And it's just even though the subject matter is not funny, it is a very funny, witty song.
1: Yeah, no, I was gonna say it because it, um, like it is satirical when he's like talking about like the impact of comedy, but like I'm I kind of agree with you where it's just like it may not like seem like it has an impact, but I think it does. Like I think it it can definitely it can bring people up when they need it, right? Like it can. Yeah, it's yeah. it's just that like light that you, you might need one day, right? Just like, even after you watch the show, like the songs that linger after, you might think of them when you're like sad or you're upset and they'll like lift you back up. So in that way, it does have an impact. It might not, you know, move mountains or, or you know, cure diseases, like you said, but it's it's important in its yeah. own way.
0: Oh, anyone who's able, like, who who gets me to start singing about like Jeffrey Bezos while I'm alone <laughs> in my own home where I'm like, Jeffrey Bezos, <laughs> Jeffrey Bezos, you did it. Like... <laughs>
1: Fuck their wives drinking blood. Come
0: on, Jeff. Get him. (laughs) Keyboard solo. He just screams.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Forgot about that part.
0: All right. So, Ethan, we spent a lot of time talking about uh, this crazy good special from Mr. Bo Burnham. Mm. Um, And we've reached a critical point in the podcast where what we do is we talk about our final closing thoughts of the record. And then we rate it out of five drinks that we're drinking tonight. So, in this case... Ethan, I would like you to rate Bo Burnham's Inside out of five Quarantinis, and you can tell the audience a little bit uh, how you how you made your choice, how you decided to rate it thusly.
1: <sighs> Man, I got to give this a solid five Quarantinis out of five. And I think the reasoning for that is just because it's, I, I don't know, there's just a, a perfect mixture of all the kind of things I love. Like, I'm not big on music. I'm not like a... I'm not the kind of guy who will, like, listen to a a, a whole album of, like, one specific artist. Right. Um, I'll listen to a whole bunch of different songs that, like, I, like kind of make me feel something specific. Um, and then, obviously, I love movies. So I feel like this was a perfect mix of the two like, because it yeah. was, like, yeah, it was just the imagery he's able to get in this was amazing on his own as well. Like, obviously, he had assistance from Netflix probably. I think they sent him – Camera and lights, but even still, yeah, being able to just like put that all together over the like over a year, like he dedicated a year of his life to it. Um, and yeah, just like the visuals combined with the amazing lyrics and just how relevant it is. He, t- he like he touches on a whole bunch of relevant topics, and I think that's what makes it so powerful, and it, it's like why it speaks to so many people. It's because, you know, what he's feeling and the stuff he's thinking about is basically it's like so similar to what everyone else is thinking and feeling about. So, yeah, overall, very powerful. And I loved it.
0: Yeah, I have to say, I'm, I am I knew I was going to give this a five. Like when I was making yeah. my notes, I was like, I can't I can't go any less than that, because it truly was a feat, not only from a comedic standpoint, from a musical standpoint, from a production standpoint, from an editing standpoint, like it really took i think it it he gave away a lot of himself to the project and regardless of how it turned out or not i do think that there you do get brownie points for committing to a project in the way that he did over this last year but at the end of the day yeah it's just from an objective standpoint they're just it's just really good songs and even if even if i have to separate you know the special from the actual album you know like we're talking about this specific album today mostly I can still enjoy the songs without going back and like having to watch the production from the beginning. Like I, I'll i put some of these songs on my playlists. Like <laughs> they're not, you know, they're, they're, they're not like, just like you don't have to pigeonhole the songs. To they only belong in the comedy special. They're they're actually just good songs. They're catchy bops that like you want to sing along, sing along to sometimes, like in a fun social setting. So at the end of the day, if you come in and you're a strong writer like Bo, a strong performer, and you come in with a point of view and you are able to get across all of your thoughts and feelings in a very open and genuine way, like I'm on board. So mm-hmm. this is a very, very, very easy five out of five for me. Five out of five quarantinies.
1: I already drank mine. But I know mine's
0: I, empty too, but I think that means a successful podcast. We're done. <laughs> On that note, Ethan, um, I'm so happy you were able to come back. I know we've taken a little bit of a, a hiatus from the podcast, but I'm happy that you are our first guest upon our return. And uh, can't wait to, for you to join again in the future.
1: Hell yeah. Happy to be back as always. It's been a lovely time. And yeah, excited to see what you do with the podcast in the future.
0: By the time this episode comes out, you'll be 21. So happy early birthday,
1: Ethan. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. I'll see you at my bash.
0: Oh, yeah. You're, <laughs> you're very small, very small group bash. Uh, yeah, a I'm bash like, nonetheless.
1: A quarantine bash.